Radio 2 of the Labor Show as we come to you live on this Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD along with J-Doc M. Joe Krause. Special thanks J-Doc to uh, Pat Eiding and also Wendell Young uh, for helping us kick off uh, the live show as mentioned in the hour uh, in the opening hour uh, and as mentioned when we wrapped up uh, hour number one. John Doherty joining us for the full hour in hour number two. After all, J. Doc, this is the John Doherty Hour, sir. First of all, to John, we want to thank you for all of your contributions and the unprecedented impact that you've had on so many lives. From the members of Local 98 to the all union members throughout the Delaware Valley to all working families for your charitable endeavors for the lives that you've impacted, it's too countless to even imagine. We cannot tell you how much you mean to us. I do want to say one thing. Although we respect our justice system in America, they got this one wrong. They weakened the labor movement, and they, wo- and they weakened working people. We support you, John. We're with you absolutely 100%. And we've only just begun to fight. John Doherty now joining us here on uh, on the John Doherty Hour, part of the Labor Show. Johnny Doc, welcome in on a Saturday night, my friend. What's that, guys? Look, I didn't call, you know, to talk about, you know, what happened. I'll talk about some of the things that happened because of it. I won't talk about the specifics because we still have an appeal process to go through and two or three other hurdles that we have to get over. But I'm fine. Okay? And I can't thank Pat Eiding. In fact, I couldn't say it better than how Pat presented it. And I could listen to Wendell Young for hours. I mean, his control of the English, English language. You think he's a, an English professor out of Villanova. I mean, and his understanding of labor history, of course, you know, being his dad's son. You know, his dad's my ultimate idol in the labor movement. He was, you know, an old school Irish guy with an unbelievable control of the history of the labor and working class people. You know, we talked about upstate Pennsylvania on a regular basis to me. They just, they just, it was just a pleasure to spend a little bit of time sitting back and listening to them. Now, I have to tell you, I missed you guys. Hmm. I hope you missed me. You know, I mean, my Saturday nights on a hundred degree Sunday, uh, or I mean, Saturday evening in the summer, you know, was, I was used to dialing in and spending a little bit of time with you guys. I mean, my world consisted of Sealy. And a couple of things for you guys on the weekend. So that, that's how it was. But, hey, I have to tell you, normally you hit me with some, you know, serious questions, you know, and then I come back with something a little different at you. I got something a little different for you. My man Joe Krause, a little bird told me <laughs> that the ratings of the last month or two, okay, that we were together – maybe jump to the top or at least beat my good friend Dom Giordano 
Come on, tell me the numbers. I know I don't know them. I'm telling you, somebody in the industry called me today, and we were talking about radio. We were talking about, you know, the trial. We were talking about a whole bunch of odds and ends. And he said to me, have you seen them? I said, no, I haven't. And he said, them numbers are pretty astounding for a couple labor guys. Well, I do want to say one thing, John, before you go any further. I don't attribute that just to me. I think you and Krause had something to do with it as well, if, that, if that's where we're going. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, well, uh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait till I call Dom and tell him this. Oh, my God, you know? We're going to we're gonna have to get a, sh- a shout off me and Dom get this, get this going, you know? Uh, Donald, Dom will take your call on Monday, and all I can say is this. the And listen. As you know, and if you're listening to this radio station, you know, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT is the number one talk station in the region. I think, without knowing uh, all of the numbers nationally, I think Talk Radio 1210 is a top, the top three or top five in the country. The ratings and the book from October and by ratings Nielsen ratings and the book for the month of October uh, on the labor show and on hour two of the labor show are the highest numbers uh, that you could potentially imagine for this show that's how strong the show is and that's how strong uh, October was Nielsen rated uh, on on a big station uh, like Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. So a lot of ears uh, tuning in uh, to the labor show. And you know, John, w- when this thing started, and talk meaning the labor show, um, and, and and using and utilizing and having a platform to to talk specifically about changing the narrative on what people think of unions. Um, you know, are we making, have we got there yet? No. Are we making progress? Yes. But I will tell you, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say it even if you get upset with me, I will tell you, I think part of the issue with the trial was the thug, the this union thug mentality that is so misrepresented. I was so taken back by an article in the Philadelphia Inquirer where the writer sat down and did an anonymous or did a story by interviewing one of the jurors uh, in the uh, in the trial that was sitting there judging you. And and John, I was blown away by it. I couldn't believe what I was reading in that article. Well, listen, I, number one, that the, the jury, the, the, the court system and the jury is like the golden cow of, of how our justice system. You know, I, the article you're talking about, you know, gave people some serious doubt about me getting a fair due process. That's all I can say about that. And it's more than myself. And so that is, you know, it's sorry that someone thought like that. And it's sorry that they took the time to make sure that, you know, an anti-working paper like the Inquirer, okay, an anti-building trades paper like the Inquirer, and obviously an anti, you know, Doherty 
you know, paper like the Inquirer decided that they had to make a big issue out of it. I kind of think it was wrong all the way around, and I question my due process after reading it. But that being said, let's talk about what you just said prior to that. You said that probably one of the top three or four talk radio stations in America, okay, one of the top-rated hours or two, you know, is the portion that we do, okay? And the second hour is the highest. Can't get a higher rating, okay? What's that tell you about what we're up against? We haven't had a radio station that talked about our issues. You can't point to one person in the media, okay, that spends any time on the labor community. So you finally get someone like Joe Krause, who is a community activist and someone who actually cares about people. Then you get Joe Doc, who's an iron worker, who also is an ethnic kid from the Roxborough area, who, you know, a Roman Catholic, okay, a high school graduate, a football player, community activist in his own right. Okay, then you get myself, who has always said my goal was to give us the same tools that the rich people had. Okay, my goals, I've said it a hundred times. I said things like the easiest way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. I said that my goals have been to give us the union movement, the work in the state middle class, okay, the Philadelphia building trades, local 98, the same tools to allow us to compete to become a brand like the rest of the guys. Now, the funny part is, there's a little bit of politics and everything. The, the whole process, you didn't hear me complain. You didn't hear me use the radio show to my advantage. I told you I actually didn't want to talk about them issues. Okay, we do too many good things. Okay, to spend what I, look, I, I'm not happy about it. It changed my life. Okay, you know, the, the, the only thing that keeps me grounded is obviously my concern for Sealy. And there's not a person in, on earth that knows that, you know, she'll never go a moment without me taking care of her. Okay? But I am not. Okay? I am not going to blink. I have never blinked. Okay? I've showed no arrogance. I showed no weakness. I showed nothing. Okay? Because I know that I was doing the right thing, and I've been doing it my whole life. Okay? And you have to understand, there's a touch of politics and everything. And I didn't bring anything up, nor do I. But, but the fact is, it's there. The fact is, the first time they came to my house, it was three or four days after the Democratic National Convention, where Democratic politics usually gets a jump. It changed the component. The story was, big Democratic contributor, guy with a big Biden sign, or a big Hillary sign, house is raided. Okay, then you say, oh, well, these investigations went decades. No, he got indicted under a Republican. And the U.S. attorney, acting U.S. attorney at the time, where I was in a wrestling match with Comcast, White was the lead in-house counsel for Comcast. We never made a big issue of it. But you got it. There's politics involved in that. Okay. If not more, the present U.S. attorney through this process, husband is a big anti-union elected state rep. No conflict in that. Consider it, I was against them. 
through the process when he ran against Sestak. Okay, the former district attorney of Delaware County, who I was strong for the present one, was in the courtroom most of the days when I was on trial because she works there. You didn't see me crying. Okay, that is called politics. Okay, that is a conflict of interest at best. That's what my relationship with Heenan was. It was politics on behalf of working class people, and I worked years to put us in that position to have the same tools as the rich people. Okay? No, Comcast doesn't want to have to. Okay? They don't want to have to put documents in writing with me because it's one of the only areas where they have collective bargaining agreements with unions. No, listen, if you catch, you catch me up, you catch me on one day, look, when you listen to anybody around the clock like I was listening to, okay, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things, you know? John, let me... One day, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, nah, listen, it's, it's, I, I'm more excited right now because crap, what, the last conversation we had, you know, and look, if you look, listen to the last three or four shows we had, it breaks my heart that my buddy Richie Trump gives in a row. Okay, this would be, oh, he'd be screaming at the top of his lungs over this. You know that. Yeah, fact, you know what? I pulled legal, that. Every, I... Legal, every legal mind that has called me and said it's absolutely not the law or not a crime. But that doesn't matter. It was, you know, a jury said it was. So now we have to go to the next process. And my world and Bobby Heenan's world has basically stopped. And not in a good way. But it is. It is. It is. You can't change it. So you just have to live with it and, and move forward. You know, and I have to tell you, overwhelmed, I don't even want to let you know. A thousand emails and texts and phone calls is, is making it light. And it's a who's who of people in the philanthropic, the charitable world, the religious world, the political world, everybody calls. And everybody has the same thing, you know. But let me tell you, that's fine. Let's talk about the last couple calls we had. The Richie Trumpkins, were, they were amazing, okay, where we're at with the vaccinations. But more importantly, the very last call, I think you, you got up to around 1,000, okay, Sleeping blankets, if I'm not mistaken. Did we get that boy in yet? Did we give him out? Tell me what's going on there. Well, I'll tell you this, and then we'll go to the break, and then we'll pick up the conversation on the Trumpka show, uh, the one-hour exclusive that we had. Uh, I just pulled it off the shelf and download it and listen to the uh, podcast, and I encourage uh, everyone listening tonight, uh, if you have not had an opportunity to tune in uh, to this special broadcast uh, uh, and live one-hour interview um, with John Doherty and Richard Trump guy uh, and J Doc. You know this. It was an incredible hour uh, of radio. I encourage everyone uh, uh, to do that. Um, I will say this, John, um, and you know it's an amazing thing. Um, you know, we, I had casually in one of our shows mentioned the uh, that I added. Um, a component of collecting sleeping bags um, as part of Krause's coats. By the way, um, just for clarity, and I did this, um, I did this the other day only because my son uh, asked me the question. I don't normally like to put this uh, put this out, but uh, hey, Pop, how many coats 
have you collected, reconditioned, and distributed since Krause's coach started? Um, and that number um, is 223,000 coats um, that we have collected. And, John, you know that your name is in the pocket, inside pocket, of every single one uh, of those coats. And I, I've often said you showed up at a countdown to kickoff show the very first year of the broadcast or of me announcing Krause's coats, and we collected 333 coats at that Eagles countdown to kickoff show. Uh, and your words were, hey, Krause, that's not enough. Um, you know, and we've gone on now a 16 in our set or, or what now will be a 17 year run. So but to answer your question on the sleeping bags, uh, the iron workers uh, have uh, all of the sleeping right. bags right. over there in boxes. Right. Yeah, so in I, boxes, said, right. I said to J-Doc, hey, J-Doc, wait a minute. How am I going to get this in the truck? Right. I got to go over and pick. I got to go. Right. Over I don't think this. they can get in the executive J- board. J- J-Doc's like, hey, take them out of the boxes. I'm like, I don't want to take them out of the boxes. So the collection is underway. Uh, Krause's coach is underway, and it's all good. And by the way, that was that was you. You mentioned that on air, and John uh, right right away said, "I want to I want to uh, donate seventy five And next thing you know, we got. I felt like I was at the Jerry Lewis telethon <laughs> yeah, yeah, answering yeah. the phone. My my cell phone was ringing off the hook on the air, and so. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I'll tell you this right now: before we go to break, um, before we go to break, I want to call on every union leader in the council. Every union leader in the council. That's we have over a hundred unions in this in, in the Philadelphia Council, and I think we should start there. And it's time we start marching, and we and we don't we don't sit down for this. We, we let our voices be heard, like we've heard, we like we've they've been heard on other issues. I think we we march in Philly and we march in Washington, and then we get our internationals in our international involved because we cannot sit down for this miscarriage of justice, and we need to do it soon. So if you're a labor leader and you're thinking right and you're listening right now, and I know when Joe Krause talks about the ratings, this particular show is probably going through the roof. It's time to organize. Do what we do best. And let's start marching and let our voices be heard. We cannot allow this to happen to John Doherty or Bob Heenan. This is a miscarriage of justice. I call on every one of you out there, every one of you, the union leaders, to, 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 to organize our members. Let's set up a day. Let's meet at the AFL-CIO, do a meeting, and let's start marching. Krause, before you go to break, and then we'll stop talking about that, because there's too many other things to catch up on. And, Joe, I love you, and thank you for that. Somebody just sent me something, and it basically it had a note. It said, hey, look, this is what the other guys are spreading around. And you ha- I just want to read you two lines that somebody just sent me, okay? And it, it says, okay, that uh, this is how business and politics are properly conducted, okay? And they said, that that's not true. Only in Philadelphia, that's not true. You heard Wendell talk about that, okay? But the one thing here that in this piece, okay, that is really concerning is the emphasis on how hard we work. And it says, quote-unquote, in red letters, aggressively to redraw Pennsylvania's congressional district. And that was after we got three Supreme Court justices elected. 
They changed the map. They were able to flip the state, and the state flipped the country. So if you look at the timing and you look at what they're writing, they're, like, excited that hopefully because, quote, unquote, thanks in large part to Johnny Dock's union, the same court where his brother sits aggressively in red, redrew. And then I'll leave it with this. It says, do you believe that they've helped 47 judges, 62 lawmakers, four district attorneys, 45 county officials in the most recent years that now think like them, basically? And that's, I mean, so aggressively redrew and think like us. I do it all over again. John Doherty Hour, back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. And back here live on The Labor Show along with Jay Doc and Krause. This is the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on this Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT on the other side of our uh, next break. So coming up in about 10, between 10 and 11 minutes, Sister Mary Scullion uh, is going to join us. I look forward to uh, that conversation uh, with Sister Mary. She'll join uh, John, myself, uh, and Jay Doc doing the good work every day. As you know, John, uh, Sister Mary uh, wakes up and goes to work to change the lives of people that she knows and people uh, that she doesn't know. So we'll, uh, fitting that we'll get her on uh, during this time of the year. Uh, we'll talk to, uh, talk to Sister uh, Mary Scullion. Uh, John, uh, back to you. Uh, thank you for being here uh, tonight uh, to be, uh, and, and welcome back. I, I, I thought it was uh, to answer your question when the show first started. Yeah, we missed you, brother. Nice to have you back on the air. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta talk about food. We got to talk about everything that's going on in Philly during the holidays. You know, I didn't know, well, to be honest with you, it was a spur of the moment uh, uh, pop in on the show for me. Uh, I didn't know Sister Mary's going to be on. You know, I tell people she's the closest thing we have to a same in this region. I've known her my whole life. I mean, it's ridiculous what she does. You know, we'll never have anybody like her, and I can't wait to hear from her. She's amazing. She's an amazing human being. She's also a really good business person, okay? She's been able to do things. I mean, she's about the only person I know that has been ta- able to take homeless and unbelievably poor and unbelievably challenged and in some cases, very well addicted, and give them a place to live. Yeah, she's done a fabulous job. She's great. Hey, you know what? I, I wanted to end. I don't, you know, on on a couple other notes. Look, let's let's look at it as a storm. And after every storm, there's a good rainbow. And you know, I was going to retire someday anyway, and probably sooner than most people realize. So I thought hard about who would be able to, you know, continue what I have done, you know, for 30 years of my life. This is all I did was the labor movement. So, you know, because of this, you know, I wanted to protect the integrity of the union movement. I wanted to protect Local 98. And I also wanted, I didn't want people taking, you know, pot shots at the building trades and everything like they're doing now for any longer period than, you know, this week. So I retired and stepped down from both. Okay. You know, I haven't officially retired yet, but that's, that's in the process. So what I've done, okay, has, you know, at Local 98, the executive board, you know, reluctantly accepted my resignation, 
They wanted me to fight. I said, nah. And strongly recommended a young guy by the name of Mark Lynch. Mark Lynch grew up at the kitchen table with his dad, who was one of local 98's better, quote-unquote, big job foreman. That comes, you know, with a lot of seriousness. He is a great guy. So he had two sons that are both in the business. Mark, okay, from, I guess, 17 years old, 18 years old, has been working in local 98. Mark was my side uh, ego, my shadow for two years. He was the safety director replacing a guy by the name of Jim Ballard, who was a legend in the industry. Mark not only did a fabulous job there, but Mark took the lead on a lot of the pandemic safety issues. He worked hand-in-hand with me, with Governor Wolf, on a lot of the things we had to do. We actually saved Philadelphia two weeks' worth of work, which is significant. People have no idea, you know, what we did for the economy there, and we'll never get documented. He's done a great job. You know, the procedures and policies that Mark helped put in place were adopted nationally by OSHA. We said that here. So Mark is above approach. He's a great guy. He's 35 years old. I, you know, I, it sounds corny and cheesy, but I see a lot of myself when I was his age. You know, he's doing a great job. Ryan Boyer, who was a regular here and a regular in the labor movement, was a natural fit. It wasn't just anointment. You know, there was some serious discussion at the building trades about the philosophical future. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that have interest in it. you got a lot of bright young business managers. I've said it on the show. Yep. I've been through decades of business management. I've been through some of the best. But this group is better prepared for change than any group I've ever been around. And Ryan's at the top. There was a couple changes. We're going to keep some steady hands like Wayne Miller as the president. But Gary Messina is going to be Ryan's partner here. And that's a pretty good mix. You know, and of course, Ryan's, you know, as articulate as we have, Okay, he grew up at the table. Also, his father, Nate, was not only a great labor leader, but a good friend of mine. And I have to tell you, when you step aside from 30 years of your life, there's real, there should be like a lot of angina. Because of Mark Lynch and Ryan Boyer, I can walk away and sleep tonight comfortably. I know them two guys live it. I know they're going to work 724s. I watched Mark during the pandemic give up. You know, his family life, his three young kids, I watched them do it, you know, to protect people with no, no gain at the end of the day. And in the process of picking Mark, I had to jump over some people who were unbelievably qualified, but we need them where they're at. And they're going to be wonderful for Local 98 and the brand and the labor movement. Same thing with Ryan. There's about 10 people on that. I said it all the time. There's three or four people on that trade that can run any Fortune 500 company around. So I'm happy, and that's a bright rainbow. You know, again, Sister Mary Scullion, you know, we, we got to get into some stuff. Like, I missed the last time we talked, we were talking about Ben Simmons, you know. Same thing, nothing's still changed. Ta- we're still him. talking you about got, Ben Simmons. You got you to you <laughs> move him. I wouldn't move him for anything. I would, you know, I, you know, there's some serious discussion. They say that, you know, if there's anything imminent, it's with the Detroit Pistons, you know, with Grant and Bay and a, a, multiple first-round picks. You got to take a look at that deal, especially if you're in it to win this year. You know, Grant you know, has turned into a really good player, even though he's much older. You grab A and a couple of picks. I mean, but I wouldn't give him the light. We thought the Phillies ended the year, and uh, congratulations, Bryce Harper, MVP. You know, I think they need to, you know, and it's funny. 
during this time, some of my friends in the administration at the Phillies were reaching out to me to make sure I was okay. And at the very end of it, I said, yo, who are we going to go after? And they bust out laughing like, are you nuts? I said, come on, you know, I, it, there's nothing we can do about what's in front of me. So what, who are we going to ask to change the conversation? So I think they're going to be aggressive. The Flyers, I hope they, you know, I mean, that there's injuries again, you know, and, you know, the big thing, Ellis was supposed to be the big addition. It looks like he's out for six weeks. Okay, but how about the Eagles? Yep. How about we win tomorrow, Krause? We win by more than a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns. I think that I can't believe we're running the ball down people's throats. I heard that, you know, Kelsey and a couple of guys went and told the coach, they said, look, we're hungry. Feed us. Run this ball. We not only had three backs running the ball for the three weeks, it looks like we got four backs now. Sanders is back tomorrow. Okay, yeah, tomorrow, so, uh, Doc, uh, a win tomorrow, uh, a, a win or first home win uh, of the season. Anything's possible. We can beat the Saints. Uh, we can, uh, listen, we can right now, the, the Saints are banged up. Yeah, they're deep it. Yeah, I think they win by no uh, – look, I'll give you a crazy number. I think they win 34-something, uh, 30, 30 to 17, something like that. I yeah, think they we, beat them by two touchdowns tomorrow. I think they run the ball down their throat. You know, I think that, you know, Hurts has done a nice job. You know, you know, it got hurt, you know, that you look when you start giving people new contracts, okay, you know things are moving in the right direction. They must have a good feel in that clubhouse. You know, Goddard got a contract, Maddox got a contract. I hear they're looking at one or two other people to, to res- get some contracts done in the next you know, it's not by tomorrow. You know, look, I think I think that's good. They run they run the ball down their throat tomorrow. You know, and it is nice to spend between Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's with your team in contention. It is. It is, absolutely. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I, I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're finally running the ball. Uh, you know, our running backs at Howard is giving us a great boost. We needed that power. And I'll tell you what, um, you know, the progress that Hurts is making and, and, and our coaching staff is coming around. They're, they're, they're learning on the job some of the biggest bonehead decisions ever made several weeks back. But guess what? You can see the progress. Uh, they started to run the ball. They're having discipline. And I think, and I agree. I mean, obviously, I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to be, you know, in the Super Bowl uh, this year. But I, but I think we got, you know, some really nice things coming ahead. All right, guys, let's do this because we do have, uh, we're going to take a, Sean, I want to go to break early. I know I'm early, but I want to get into the break so I can get out of the break. Um, Sister Mary Scullion is going to join us on the other side. Uh, uh, we continue with John Doherty, J. Doc, and Krause. This is The Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, back in a moment. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the uh, Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause, live here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. John Doherty joining us for the full hour of hour number two uh, of the show. Uh, Live, John, uh, in our last segment, you started to talk about our next guest. Uh, I'm super excited to almost sit back and listen. I've watched for so long from afar, but Sister Mary Scullion uh, is going to uh, join us to uh, finish up uh, uh, this hour 
uh, of the show, um, and I'm really excited to uh, to just listen. As you said, she's an incredible woman, a smart woman. Uh, she shows up seven days, twenty four seven, every single day, and just a just a uh, just an incredible example of what we are supposed to be in this world, and that is look out for others. Well, let me let me jump in now because I, I didn't know she was going to be on the show, and I am completely honored and blown away that she is because I think, and I, as I said, I'm just going to repeat what I said two minutes ago because it's significant. She's the closest thing we have to a saint in this area. Okay, she has done a tremendous job and she's the only person I know in anywhere where I go that has been able to attempt to navigate the homelessness issue, people with addictions, you know, people in poverty or anybody that needs anything. Okay. She has been able to transcend, you know, philanthropic politics and flat out need with religion and care and a sensitivity that I've never seen before. Okay, uh, I mean, she's, she's something special, and I don't think people, I know she doesn't like this, and she'll probably be mad that I took the time to do this, but she is a, a, a fabulous human being, okay? And don't think that she's not tough, too. She's tough, and she travels in areas where people don't go. I, I, love, I'm, I love her. She's great, and she's been great for this region, and thank God we have her in some place else don't. Sister Mary Scullion, there's your introduction. <laughs> Welcome to the Labor Show. That was a very generous introduction, John. Thank you so much. But again, it's, um, you know, the power of we and so many incredible people in our city that come together to make positive things happen for people in need and people who are suffering at this time. Your Project Home is so special, and the fact that you're able to put so many people that need a place to live. Look, the multi-veteran center is good, but that's basically a day operation. I don't, I don't know how we can take you, and I know it's a struggle to get the things built that you get built. I know it's a struggle to manage them. I know that the we factor, okay, is great, and the people who do it is because they love you, Okay. I don't know. I, I think what we need to do somehow, okay, is find a way in which we can do more of that for you. Because I don't know anyone, you know, and it still drives me crazy. I was, you know, Nico Rodriguez is the kid who spends every hour with me. Okay, we were riding by yesterday, and we were counting. There were still like 20-some people laying on grates in Center City, Philadelphia. You know, and yeah. I'm like, that drives me insane. I mean, it's like one of my serious things that drive me absolutely crazy. You know, we got, we got high-rise buildings. And, look, I will do anything I can at the building trades where I used to be able to do anything I can. Brian, Brian Boyer and Mark Lynch and them guys, I know will do whatever they have to to be your partner. I mean, it's just ridiculous yeah. that we, we, in this environment, with this type of money, in this type of inner urban area, and we have a very sympathetic player. I mean, even even his best friends. The, the, the biggest criticism they have of him is that he's you know he's too liberal and and he's you know so concentrated on poverty that he's he's missing a ball on other things. So let's take advantage on his you know his his urgency to try to help the poor. You're just special. Well, well, thanks, John. I agree with you that um, you know homelessness is symptomatic of some of our deeper societal problems, and. 
uh, in Philadelphia, actually, we're, we're fairly lucky because of the 10 largest cities in the United States. This is the bad news. We have the highest poverty rate. But of the 10 largest cities in the United States, we have the lowest per capita number of people living on the street. So if you go to any other major, like of the 10 major cities, you'll see many more people experiencing homelessness right on the street. But obviously, if there's one person who's on the street, it's too many. So, um, and you're also right that now, uh, unfortunately, we just did a census uh, a week ago, and we saw that the numbers are actually rising uh, of people living on the streets in Philadelphia. Uh, and, and that's a troubling uh, trend that we're seeing right now. Um, so, you know, post-COVID, uh, the effects of COVID have, um, you know, been devastating. So, for example, throughout the United States, uh, we realized that we've had the largest amount of overdoses since the inception of the, you know, the over uh, the opioid addiction, um, and this year has been particularly difficult. And a lot of people attribute it to the, you know, C19 uh, that people were just so marginalized and isolated that many people relapsed and experienced even greater, you know, problems with their addiction. So we know as a community, we have still a long way to go. Uh, and we also know that we have some uh, good models and, and ways of addressing both homelessness and active addiction. So there are signs of hope. We just have to strengthen it and expand it. Sister, uh, tell, tell, tell our listeners uh, a little bit about the history of, uh, of Project Home and, and what it's about, those who may not have the information. Okay, so Project Home was started in 1989 by a couple of people who were experiencing homelessness and Joan Dawson McConnell and myself. Uh, we started by working with people on the street, uh, many of whom were men, and in 1989, um, there were different faces of homelessness than there are today. And that's an important thing for our listeners to realize that the face of homelessness continues to change. So in 1989, the majority of people living on the street were those who were mentally ill. Today, the majority of people living on the street are those that are actively uh, addicted with other behavioral health, you know, challenges. So, the people living on the street are just about 15 to 20 percent of all people experiencing homelessness. Most people who are experiencing homelessness, we don't even see. About half of them are mothers and kids, and they're mainly in shelters. But for single people with special needs, uh, many of them are actually living on the street. And so Project Home in 1989, we started out working with people that had a serious mental health disability. And over the past 32 years, that's how long Project Home has been in existence, we've been able to develop a little bit over 900 units of housing for people with special needs. And we have um, a healthcare center, both primary care, behavioral health, and dental for people that um, are homeless and very, very poor and also uh, the Honickman Learning Center Comcast Technology Labs, which is a center for education and workforce development. 
So we believe that the single most important thing to ending homelessness is the single most important thing to, develop, uh, to preventing homelessness, and that is the HOME, affordable housing, HO opportunities for employment, and medical care, and e-education. We believe the single most important thing tending homelessness today is affordable housing, but the single most important thing tending homelessness for the future is a quality education for every single child. If we're going to deal with homelessness, we have to deal with the short term. You know, if someone's hungry today, we have to feed them. Someone needs a place to stay, we have to shelter or house them. But in the long run, what we need to do is really educate our kids and have jobs that are at livable wages and, um, you know, accessible to, you know, all people, equal opportunity for all. Sister Mary Scullion joining us here on The Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Sister, I always have ex- have referenced it or explained it as unintentional ignorance and by that I mean that we or the public if you if you've never been poor or if you don't know what it means to have nothing it's very difficult for you to have empathy for those that fall into that category and sometimes I feel as though if there was more empathy and if there was a m- more of an understanding by the general population of people that are not in that situation, we might have a better result or a chance or a chance um, to make a difference. What's your thought on that? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, you can have all the good programs in the world, like, you know, Project Home, Pathways to Housing, Bethesda Project Self one day at a time. I mean, there's many, many good programs in, uh, in Philadelphia, but programs aren't going to solve homelessness. What's going to solve homelessness is good public policy. And good public policy that's needed to end homelessness is, um, a, you know, solid, affordable housing for all people, not just people that are homeless, but working poor people that can't afford the rent and the utilities today. You know, the cost of maintaining a home and the cost of rent is continuing to rise, not only in Philadelphia, but throughout our nation. And that produces homelessness. Um, uh, Also, again, excellence in public education. Uh, We need to uh, invest in our kids and in our public schools. Otherwise, we're just, again, creating homelessness, more homelessness for the future. So uh, I couldn't agree with you more that the more we become enlightened and active citizens and engaged in the public process, that could turn around the situation that we have today and lessen the economic divide and the um, you know, societal divide uh, and bring us more together as you know, one, one nation, one people, one humanity. What affects one of us directly affects all of us indirectly. Sister, talk about... I want to go to John. Okay, go ahead. Let me go to John, get a, a, a thought from John. We've got about four minutes left. I want to make sure, sure. everybody gets in. John, yes. your thoughts, brother. Yeah, I just... Look, she's, you know, 
sister said that, you know, we have the most poverty and the least homelessness, and part of it is because of her efforts, you know. And the, she, she's not here, okay, to hear accolades. She's here to get help. And one of the things we have to do, just like we, we deliver tons of coats and tons of sleeping bags and everything that Krause needs to get his thing rolling, we need to get the message out. And whatever she needs, you know, we have to help her. Because, listen, she does a job so well, but there's, again, you know, there's only so many hours in a day, and there's only so many resources. Like the public policy part, we can definitely work with, you know, and, and we all want affordable housing. And one of the benefits of being in a union is that, you know, you take care of all the other things. You, you take care of health care and the retirement and that. So then you just work on and make enough wages that you can live at least comfortably. But there's a lot of people that don't. And, and, and we, need to, we need to partner with Sister Mary on way more issues than we do. And that's why, like I said, if, if she wasn't on the show tonight, I probably would not have thought about her. And that's not wrong. It's just that we all have our own worlds. we got to pay attention to her world because she's the, she has the answer to the problems, okay, or at least a, 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 a beginning to the answers. we got to help her with them. So, Sister, please just let us know where we can be helpful. I don't know if you heard earlier, but people listen to this show as much as anyone talk radio in the last month or so. So please tell us how we can be helpful. And don't be shy. Please. And ask. Because if you don't ask, you're not going to get it, and we need you to get it. Thanks. Thanks so much, John. Um, you know, people are welcome to visit our webpage, www.projecthome.org. Um, you can donate your time, your talent, your treasure, and your voice on um, engaging in more just public policy. So there's an advocacy se uh, section. There's a way of uh, volunteering. There's a way of, uh, you know, using your talents and skills. And again, you know, uh, obviously we'd love you to get involved with Project Home, but get involved in anything that you're passionate about, your kid's school, um, you know, your neighborhood, uh, safety, whatever issue that really impacts you and you feel passionately about, get involved and understand more and uh, make a difference, uh, not only in your own family, but in our neighborhoods and, and in our city. Sister Mary Scullion joining us here on The Labor Show with J-Doc, John Doherty, and Joe Krause. Sister Mary Scullion, thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. God bless. Oh, God bless you, too, and thank you, John. Thank you, everyone, for uh, you know your support and, and what you do, okay? All right, great. We Sister, love you. Great. You know that. I love you too. All right, bye bye. All right, great stuff from Sister Mary Scully and J Doc. I'll come to you, and then I'll get last word from John. We have about ninety seconds. No, I just want to um, thank John Doherty for the impact he's made on so many lives, and that he'll continue to make. Um, and let everybody know that we've just begun. And at the same time, like John said, John said, I want to welcome Ryan Boyer. Uh, can't think of a better guy to, 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 to hand the ball off to. And, of course, Mark Lynch. Um, so the labor movement is in, in good hands thanks to, to, to the things that John has done and, and the things that Ryan Boyer and Mark Lynch are going to do and Gary Messino and all of our labor leadership. All right, good stuff. Well stated. John Darkett, I come back to you, brother, and uh, put the coats on, brother. Put the coat on. we got some coats to deliver. Krause's coach is recruiting you this year. Uh, I'm taking you out to the I'm streets, be brother. With you, I'm going to be with you. I always am. Hey, let me end with this. Just had Renzi's Pizza for Bikesburg. Great pizza. Not one of the, the well-known places. If you get a chance, stop there. Great pizza. Local 98. I just have to tell you, I got a little brag about this. 
LM22s came out in the IBW. Local 98 behind the international is the number one union when you put up assets versus liabilities. No loans, no mortgages, okay? Number one union in America, Puerto Rico, and, and uh, Canada. IBEW Local 98. Most assets, least liabilities, ahead of New York, ahead of Detroit, ahead of Vegas, every place, okay? That's, that's there. And I want to let you know, uh, Celia and myself got our booster shots two days ago, and uh, I recommend everybody get vaccinated. I know it's a sensitive topic. I was just, as we were talking, I was just texting Celia's doctor on, uh, you know, some of the things that have happened since she had the booster shot. And, I, again, myself, I was a little foggy, but, but COVID kicked my butt, as you guys know. Not only did it kick my butt when I had it, it kicked my butt with all the vaccinations, and, and it screwed with me for 24 hours, the booster shot, but I do it all over again. Good stuff. That's going to do it tonight, Jay Doc, for uh, the Labor Show. Two-hour live Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of Jay Doc, on behalf of John Doherty, uh, on behalf of Sister Mary Scullion, on behalf of Pat Eiding, and also on behalf of Wendell Young, who joined us uh, in the opening hour, and Sean, who produced everything back at the station. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody.